And if you're sitting beside someone, grab their hand as we go to God in prayer. Our Father and our God, how we love you and how we praise you. We thank you, Lord, for another day that you have allowed us to see. God, thank you for allowing us to be here tonight. Now, God, speak to us through your word. Lord, that we will leave here better than the way we came in. Leave here uplifted. Leave here enlightened. And Lord God, I pray now you remove every distraction that we hear clearly from you. As I stand to preach your word tonight, I pray now that you move me out of the way that your people will hear and see you only. And Lord God, when we leave this place, you get all the credit. You get all the glory. You get all the praise because it belongs to you. So in the name of Jesus, we ask it all. And everybody said, Amen. All those that love the Lord, will you give him the best praise you have in this place tonight? Come on, I say give him your best. Give him your best, your best. For we serve such an awesome God that he is worthy of all of our praises. Certainly we thank God for another day he has allowed us to see. It's all because of him that we're in this place tonight. And we give him all the credit, all the glory, and all the praise that is due to him. Will you also help me praise the Lord for the great and wonderful past and visionary of this church? Amen. Pastor Tillman, come on, let's praise God for him today. Amen. Certainly to all of the pastors and preachers who grace us with their presence, I once again acknowledge my friend tonight. Amen. Pastor Lockett, we thank God for being him, him being here tonight. Amen. And... Um, Certainly to the officers and members of this church and to all of you, it is good to be here tonight. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you turn with me in the New Testament to Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. And when you have found Hebrews 10, I ask that you will stand. Hebrews 10, verse 24, says this, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Once again, verse 24, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Tonight I want to talk from this subject. I want to talk about the reasons we come together. The reasons we come together together. I ask all of you tonight, repeat after me, the reasons we come together. Look at the person next to you on your left or your right. Make sure they go to sleep. Wake them up for me. Look them in the eye and say, neighbor, there are reasons we come together. 
One thing we must understand, my brothers and my sisters, is that time is very important. So much to the fact time is so important that we must be good stewards of our time. Because one thing we need to understand is that time is something you can't get back. And so when we have to get to a point in our life of being good stewards of our time and asking ourselves the question every now and then that whatever I'm doing and wherever I am, am I making good use of my time? In other words, am I being productive? Is there a purpose in what I am doing? And even when it comes to our worship experience on Sunday morning, even when it comes to gatherings of revival, we have to ask ourselves the question, am I making good use of my time? Why do you say that, preacher? Because I've come to discover, uh, Pastor Tillman, now that we live in a time where people have all types of reasons why they come together, especially on Sunday morning. There are many people who have different reasons and excuses on why they fill the sanctuary. Some people will say, well, I always went to church as a child. My mother took me to church, so it's a part of my weekly activities. Some say, I just go because I think that's what I ought to do. But I want to share with you here tonight on the offset of this message one of the reasons that we gather in the sanctuary and gather even on Sunday morning. One, here it is, is to give God the praise and the worship that is due to him. Let me say it one more time. I say one of the reasons is to give God the praise and the worship that is due to him. Since you're not talking to me, let me talk to you. In other words, we ought to be giving God the praise that is due to him. Preacher, what you mean praise? Understand what praise is. Praise is my expression of telling God, thank you for the things you have done in my life. And I believe every person that's in this sanctuary tonight, if you was able to walk in here, then you have something you can praise God for. And I wish I had about 20 witnesses in here tonight. That's not a shame to testify that I got a praise on my lips. I got a thank you Jesus on my lips because God has been good to me. But not only do we come to give him the praise, but we also come to give him worship that is due to him. Please understand there is a difference between praise and worship. Praise is when I thank God for what he's done, but worship is when I realize who he is. I'm going to say that one more time. Praise is when I thank God for what he's done, but worship is when I realize who he is. You got a whole lot of folk in the church that know how to praise, know how to put their hands together, know how to pat their feet, but God also is looking for some worshipers when you get to the point in your life of saying, if he never does anything else, I can still lift my hands, I can still open my mouth, and I can still are there any true worshipers in here? Is there anybody in here that can lift your hands and testify, I know who he is? Well, if you don't know who he is, let me tell you who he is. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Nisha. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's Jehovah Rapha. You just got through saying it a while ago. He's a way maker. He's a promise keeper. I need about 25 more people in here that can just wave your hand and shout, I know who he is. But wait a minute. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Even though we gather to give him the praise and the worship that is due to him, please note it's only a reflection of what I've been doing all week long. 
In other words, it's only a reflection of what I've been doing before I got here. Lord, deliver me from people that the only time they can praise and worship is when they come in a sanctuary. It's when they got to have a drum and a keyboard. But when you are a true praiser, when you are a true worshiper, you don't need no crowd. You don't need no instrument. When you just start thinking about the goodness of Jesus and all, I wish I had about 35 people in here that can just go ahead and give him the best praise you have because you've been doing it all week. We come to give him the praise and the worship that is due to him. So watch this. When we gather together, here it is. We bless God with our praise. Bless God with our worship. Then God blesses us with a word that encourages us. But watch this now, our walk and our worship just cannot be vertical, but it also must be horizontal. Why you say that, preacher? Because God wants us to get to a point, yes, we bless him with praise and worship. Yes, he blessed us with the word, but then yet we gotta know how to be a blessing to each other. Are y'all going to stay with me in here? Or yeah, I want you to know that God wants us to learn how to be a blessing to each other. And when I say be a blessing to each other, I'm not talking about giving folk your money every time they ask for it. I'm not talking about always giving folk handouts. But let me tell you what the Bible says, that we be a blessing to each other when we know how to encourage one another, pray for one another, uplift one another. Y'all not talking, but I'm preaching. Can I tell you something? Don't ever think you're the only one going through something. Don't ever think you're the only one in a storm. Don't think you're the only one that got trials in your life. And God allow us to come together, not so much that it's vertical, but yet it's horizontal that we know how to be a blessing to each other. When was the last time you prayed for the person beside you? When was the last time you encouraged somebody with good work? When was the last time? you have lifted somebody else that's why we come together is to encourage and help one another I hear what you're saying I know what you're saying you're saying preacher I hear you but if the truth be known when I come to church I want to come in and get out I don't want nobody bothering me and I'm not going to bother them if the truth be known when I come in here, I want to get what I came for, and I'm out the door. I don't want nobody questioning me, nobody talking to me, and if the truth really be known, I really don't feel like encouraging nobody else when I need encouraging myself. Preacher, let's just be real tonight. I don't feel like encouraging because there are times in my life I look at my own life and I ask myself the question how can I encourage somebody and I'm struggling how can I encourage somebody and I'm going through how can I encourage somebody and I got my own trials well for those of you that's in here tonight who feel like because of your trials and persecution that you still can't encourage nobody Hebrews 10 
is for you. Those of you in here tonight who feel like throwing the towel in because of your persecution, because of your trials, and you're saying to yourself, it seemed like before I got saved, things were a lot better, but since I've been on the Lord's side, and I had storm after storm and trial after trial, and sometimes I feel like giving up. Before you give up, let me tell you this, Hebrews 10 is for you. Those of you in here tonight who feel like because you're going through so much and you don't know how you can encourage somebody else and how other folk can help you. I come to tell you Hebrews 10 is just for you. Preacher, why you say that? Because when we look here at Hebrews 10, we really don't know who is the author of this passage but one thing we do understand that it is written to what we call at-risk Jewish Christians. In other words, when I say at-risk Jewish Christians, these were Jews who had converted over to Christianity. And Dr. Tillman, because they had converted over to Christianity, they was being persecuted. They had trials. They had things going on. And here it is. They was thinking about going back to Judaism. They was thinking about going back to where they came from and what the writer want to let them know in so many words. He want to let them know before you go back, let me tell you what you got now is far better than what you had. Y'all missed the shout right there. What you got now is far better than what you had. Can I preach to somebody in here? There's some folk because when they get saved and they get on the Lord's side when things don't go their way, they begin to quit coming to church. They begin to fall out with church and they feel like they're falling by the wayside, but I come to tell you, I don't care how rough it is and how tough it is in your life. If you got Jesus Christ as your Savior, I come to tell you what you got now is far better than what you had. I need about 35 people in here that can just testify. Even though things get rough, even though things get tough, I ain't going back. Are there any true witnesses in here that can just wave your hand and testify? I ain't going back. He want to let them know before you give up what you got now is far better than what you had because he wants to let them know Dr. Timmy, do you see, because with Judaism you was under a system but when you got Jesus there is salvation in other words, when you under the system yeah, you had to go to the priest in order to be forgiven of your sins but when you got Jesus y'all don't know when to shout up can I help somebody in here if you got Jesus and he got you you ought to be giving him praise why because he is a forgiver of sin now, I ain't talking to everybody, but I'm talking to those in here tonight that know you done messed up before. I'm talking to those in here tonight that know you hadn't always dotted every I and crossed every T. I'm talking to those in here tonight that not only messed up before you got saved, you done messed up since you've been saved. But can't you give God praise tonight in knowing that God ain't like man? He still forgave you of your sins. Somebody ought to be thankful right now in knowing that he is a forgiver of sin. That's why you should never think that you got here because of your goodness. You should never think that you're sitting in the pew because of your goodness. Because if our being here was based off our goodness, our seat would be empty tonight. But can somebody just thank God for his grace and his mercy and knowing he's a God of another chance? He is a forgiver of sin. The Bible says that he takes our sins to the and separated as far as the east is from the west. 
The God we serve takes our sins and throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. And then he put a sign out there that says no fishing allowed. Somebody in here ought to thank God that he is. He says when you're under the system, so you got to go to the priest. But when you got salvation. And then he lets them know even in Hebrews 10, he says understand that he's a forgiver of sin. And that he is the ultimate sacrifice. You don't have to bring no more sacrifice. He is the sacrifice. So for every wrong thing we did, he already nailed it. I'm going to say it again. I say he nailed it. For every lie you told, he nailed it. For every wrong thought, he nailed it. For every place you've been, you had no business being, he nailed it. For every lie you told, he nailed it. Somebody in here ought to just thank God right now that Jesus paid it all. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of He is the ultimate sacrifice. And so watch what he does. He lets them know. He says, and because now he is seated on the right hand of the Father. Then watch what the writer says. Then he gets to this point, Pastor Tillman, and then he lets them know. He says in verse number 22, he says, let us draw near. Verse 23 says, let us hold fast. Verse 24 says, let us consider one another. Don't miss that. Verse 22 says, let us draw near. Verse 23 says, let us hold fast. Verse 24 says, let us consider. Let me try this one more time. Verse 22 says, let us draw near. Let us hold fast. Let us consider one another. Notice three things. Let us, let us, let us. So what the writer is trying to tell them, since all of us are going through persecution, since all of us got trials, since all of us are going through, all of us need each other. Oh yeah, he lets them know. Let us draw near. So in other words, because you're going through something, that ain't the time to be running from God. I wish I had some help right there. That ain't the time to run from God. That's the time to run to God. I haven't figured out yet. When people go through, they quit praying. They quit coming to church. And if they come to church, they come to church DOA. They don't arrive. They come and they don't lift their hands. They don't worship God. But I come to tell you here tonight that when I'm going through, that ain't the time for me to stop praising, stop praying, stop worshiping. I wish I had somebody in here that got a made up mind. I don't care what comes my way. I'm still going to draw closer to God. Let us... Draw near to God. Then like it, he says, let us hold steadfast. Y'all ain't getting it. Don't be wavering. Because in that same verse, he says this right here. Because God is faithful. Let me try it again. God is faithful. Do y'all know what that means? Even when I'm frustrated, even when I'm going through, God ain't fickle like man. God will always be there with you. I'm going to try this one more time. God is faithful. Here's the shout. Here's the shout. Even when I left God, he ain't never left me. Somebody ought to think him right now that he's faithful. Let us 
draw near. Let us hold fast. Verse 24, I keep verse. Then he says, let us consider one another. Watch this. How to provoke <laughs> each other to love and good works. Now that word provoke, when we hear that word provoke, we always look at it in a negative connotation. And I wonder when he says, let us provoke, what does he mean, let us provoke? In other words, this, 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 this word really means what we call a positive irritant. When I say a positive irritant, he's really saying, Dr. Tillman, let us find ways to irritate you so much that you do better. Some translations say to stir up, some say to spur, but this word provoke, I like this word provoke because what it's saying, let me irritate you to the point that you want to do better, that you be all that God wants you to be. That's why we come together, that we can help one another to be all that God wants us to be. Can I tell you something? You are not all where you're supposed to be right now. Even though we think God, we're not where we used to be. God is still working on us. God God is still preparing us and God is saying you need some folk in your life to irritate you to do better okay 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 I got it let me tell you something you ever heard that phrase we say iron sharp as iron you know we all iron sharp let me tell you something come on iron sharp to sharpen iron you don't go with it there you go thank you right away you go against it and if you want to be better you need some folk in your life that always don't agree with you. Y'all hung up on me. Let me call you again. If everybody in your circle always agree with you, always co-sign with you, never correct you, you in the wrong circle. And here's the problem with a whole lot of folk. We don't want nobody to tell us nothing because we think we know everything. He says, you need to be around some folk that can irritate you to do better. Let me say this, you gotta get to a point in your life that you can receive constructive criticism. But this is what I tell folk, when folk come telling me they wanna give me constructive criticism, I make sure they're not constructed something first. Y'all getting mighty quiet in here. Cause you can't tell me something if you ain't done it yourself. Watch what he says. He says, let us think of ways to provoke one another, irritate one another, that you may do better for love and good works. He puts a call to this. He says, let us have deep concentration. Let us really think of ways how we can help each other. Here is the problem that we have in the worship service as we come together. We're so busy focusing on ourselves we don't think about nobody else. We live in a time now where people are so busy in worship service, we're so busy abstracting, we never take time to invest. Think about ways to provoke, consider one another. Now watch this and I'm out. How are we going to do this? He says this right here in verse 25. Now we do this, making each other better, by not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. Let me tell you this now. A lot of folks use this verse right here telling folks, this is why you better go to church. You better go to church. 
you better go to church. You better go to church. I don't want to say it like you better go to church. I want to put it like this. Reading this verse, consider what they're saying. You should want to go to church. Because he says there's a blessing in coming together. Y'all not getting it, are you? There's a blessing in coming together. To the fact of, he says, forsaking not thyselves, the assembling together, watch what he says, as the manner of some is. Do you know what that mean? He says, still get together, still go to church, still get with the right folk. And let me say this, when you're talking about don't forsake the similar cells together, it just ain't limited to church. You ought to want to be around the right folk all the time. On your job, in your home, who you call your friends. Y'all not helping me here. You ought to be around some folk that's going to help you get to the next level. He says, but when it's this, he says, but don't do as the manner of some is translated. He says, don't miss the meeting. As the manner of some is because, Pastor Tillman, there was some who was missing the meeting. And they was missing the meeting because of their persecution. But even though they're getting persecuted, even though they're going through, he still say, show up. And if God says, show up, and what all they going through, what you think he think about our excuses of why we don't show up? Because you got a lot of folk. Y'all mighty quiet tonight. A lot of folk. They have all kinds of excuses of why they don't come to the meeting. What meeting are you talking about Sunday morning? Worship service. And there are a lot of reasons. Some folks say, well, I just don't go because, you know, I don't go to church. I don't need church because there's a lot of hypocritical folk in the church. And the folk in the church ain't right. But you know what I say to that? It's some folk on your job ain't right, but you show up there every day. Some folks say, well, I work all week. I work all week. And Sunday is my only day that I can rest and sleep in. Let me ask you this. While you take that one day to sleep and rest and sleep in and you work all week long, let me ask you this. Who gave you the job? Y'all ain't helping me in here. And you got to get to a point in your life that you understand, I'm not going to put God on the back burner. He is first and priority in my life. I wish I had somebody in here that can wave your hand and testify, God has been too good to me. Then you have some who skip the meeting on Sundays because they say, well, I watch TV. I read books on Sunday. <laughs> that has nothing to do with what this text says. Because please understand, TV, internet, reading books can be supplements but never substitute for your worship. Then there's a new thing out where folks say, I don't come because me and God good. I don't need to come there on Sunday because me and God good. And I say, what you mean by that? And now they got a new term out that says a group of people that's called 
the non-church Christian. What is a non-church Christian? Well, these are the folk who say they're Christians, but don't go to no church. I got a problem with that. You can call it old school. You can call it old-fashioned. Really don't care, but I got a problem with the non-church Christian. Why you say that? Because don't you remember in Acts 2? When Peter preached to Simon and thousands of souls got saved and it's about there in verse 46, 47 and it says that when God saved them, well, he added them to the church. I will say this. I will say this. Just because you come to church every Sunday don't make you a Christian. But I will say this. It's hard for me to believe you're going to be a growing Christian and not belong to a church. Y'all mighty quiet in here tonight. Okay, if you, you, you really want to get quiet now, can I tell you something? If you can miss church and not miss church, something missing. I'm going to say it again. If you can miss church and not miss church, something is missing. And let me go a little deeper. If you can miss church and not be missed at church, something missing. I'm signing off. He says, I know you're going through. I know you're being persecuted. But he says, still come to the meeting. Let me say this and I'm out. Check this out. So when he says, forsake not thyself, it's not so much about presence, but it's also about participation. Because let me tell you something. You can show up every Sunday and still miss the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are some folk who fill our churches every Sunday and still miss the meeting. Why? Because we live in a time now where you have what I call church hitchhikers. You know what a church hitchhiker is? It's just like a hitchhiker you see on the street. They got their hand out, they thumb out looking for the next ride to get them to the next place. Got their thumb out looking for the next ride. And what they're saying in so many words, I'm not gonna put no gas in the car. I'm not gonna pay no note. I'm not gonna do anything. And if you're in a wreck, you on your own. I'm just looking for a good ride. You got folk like that in your church that was come to church every Sunday and they're called church hitchhikers. They will come, they will never worship, they will never praise, they will never sacrifice, they will never give. And if you get in trouble, they're gonna run because guess what they're doing? They're looking for the next ride. Y'all ain't talking to me yet. Let me sweeten this up. You can still miss the meeting. How can I miss the meeting? Even though you may come to church every Sunday, you can still miss the meeting. Because it's not so much about presence. It's about participation. Will you touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't neglect the meeting. I know you're saying, preacher, how can I miss the meeting if I come every Sunday? If you come late and leave early. You have missed the meeting. If you come to church and the whole time while you in church, you on social media, 
you on Facebook and don't have your face in the book, you have Mr. Meek. Now y'all gonna help me close it here. Anytime you come to church and you never lift your hands, never give God praise, never nod your head or even smile, you have missed the meeting. If you come to church and if you're talking the whole time, you have missed the meeting. But what I want to tell you tonight is that God has been too good to us. And I don't know about you, but I got a made up mind. I can't afford to miss the meeting. Will you just shake your neighbor hand that's sitting beside you tonight and say, neighbor, I don't know about you, but I'm not going to miss the meeting because the Lord been good to me. Have I got a witness here? And the Bible says that you ought to come together because the day is approaching. Do y'all know what that means tonight? In other words, he's trying to tell us that the Lord is on his way back. That's all I come to tell you. And if you look around the world we live in, you can tell that the Lord is on his way back. Back. Shake somebody's hand like you're going to shake it off and say, neighbor, the Lord is on his way back. Do I have a witness in here? And I come to ask you a question. Will you be ready when the Lord comes? I'm going to try it again. Will you be ready when the Lord to come. So I got a made up mind. I'm going to make my way to the house of the Lord. Is there anybody here that can say like the psalmist, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I'm going to try it one more time. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Is there anybody in this house tonight that can wave your hand and just testify? I'm glad to be in the service. If you're glad to be in the service, shake somebody's hand just one more time. Shake their hand and say, neighbor, I'm glad to be in the service one more time. He didn't have to let me live, but the Lord let me be here. Come and go with me to my father's house. Is there anybody here that can testify there is joy in my father's house. There is peace in my father's house. Ain't God all right, y'all? Ain't God all right, y'all? Ain't God all right, y'all? Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. I'm getting out of here. But before I go, I come to tell you, I got a reason to be in the house. I got a right to be in the house. And while I'm here, I'm not going to sit here. But I'm going to give God the praise 
that belongs to him. And I'm looking for a few witnesses here that can testify. You're not ashamed to give God glory. You're not ashamed to give God praise. Has the Lord been good to you? Has the Lord made a way for you? Well, if the Lord been good to you, I ain't talking to everybody, but if the Lord made a way for you, just do me one more favor. Ease your arm around your neighbor's shoulder. I say ease your arm around your neighbor's shoulder. Shake them and rock them. Rock them and shake them. Shake them and rock them. Rock them and shake them and say, neighbor, whatever you're going through, hold on. I got a feeling everything is going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Say yes. Say yes. Yes. Will he make a way for you? Will he open doors for you? Will he heal your body? If you know he will, let me ask you one question. Let me ask you one question. Let me ask you one question. Can I ask the question? Can I ask the question? If you know the answer, I want you to shout. I want you to holler. Here's the question. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Yes! Do you know he will? If you know he will, wave your hand. Let me hear you. Say, I know he will. 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 I dare you to praise him. I dare you to praise him. I say, I dare you to praise him. If he lets you get here tonight, I dare you to give him the best praise. I dare you to give him. Come on. Hey. 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 Come on, put them hands together.
you getting ready to go? Put your hands together. To God. To God. Be the glory. Come on. To God. To God. Be the glory. To God. Be the glory. For the things he's done. For the things. Come on. He's done. For the things. Come on. He, has he been good for other things? One more time. To God. To God. Be the glory. Come on, say to God. To God. Hey, be the glory. Hey, to God. Be the glory. Here we go. For other things. Hey, he. For other things. Hey. For other Hey, for other things. Hey, 